Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I am Nikki Cross from the future. I'm recording this about 170 episodes in. We're currently in June 2023 and I just thought I'd record an introduction to my earlier episodes for the simple reason my sister was at breakfast the other day in a cafe and she overheard a lady saying to her friend, I have just found the inner work conversation. It's really, really useful. I'm going to go right the way to the beginning and work my way through the episodes. And it immediately made me want to try and contact this lady who I have no idea who she is and be like, no, don't do that. Because this this podcast, it's been going for a few years. And during that time, I have grown. I have changed. I have evolved. I have grown more confident in my abilities and in my competence, not just in my podcasting abilities, but also in what I do with my clients. I've become much more sure about who I best work with, who I best serve, and how we can best have conversations around the topics that are meaningful to the people who I work with. And so it makes me want to go, oh God, no, listen to the more recent episodes. That's where you're going to get your best value. That's where you're going to get your best insights. And it also, to be honest, makes me go, oh, in those older episodes, I sound different. I sound different because I was trying really hard. I was trying really hard to be liked and accepted. I was trying really hard to find my place in this in this space. And I think it comes through. I think that you can hear that. And I'll be honest, there's some old, old episodes that I've gone back and I've thought, oh, that, that's made me cringe or I actually disagree with myself. And so it leaves me with the question, why wouldn't I take the old episodes down? And my simple answer is this. As we all navigate life and business, we all evolve and we all grow. And there is always going to be an older version of us that we wish we'd have said things differently or we wish we'd have done things differently. Like for example, at the beginning of my business, I wish that I'd have been much more confident in who I worked with and how I can serve them and really back in my own, you know, opinions around certain things. But I can't go back. None of us can. None of us can go back to a previous version of ourselves and rewrite time. And so I'm leaving all of my older episodes in for one reason only. And that is because I want you to take these older episodes and take them for what they are, a demonstration of someone growing and evolving and learning in public. And I I say all of this and I introduce this episode with the hope that that not only inspires you, but also helps you to give yourself permission to grow and evolve and learn in public. So many of us just won't put ourselves out there for fear that it's not going to be good enough and you know it's not going to be right and when i when i listen back to my original my my initial podcast episodes it's not good enough and it's not right by my standards now but it was back then everyone has to start somewhere we all have to start somewhere we can't just rock up to something and be who we want to be or have the quality that we want to have from day one. So with what you're about to listen to, please, please know that as these podcasts, as the numbers roll on, the more me you will hear me get, but that's the more me now. Yeah. And that's not to say that there isn't value and insight in these older episodes. It's just letting you know that this is my version of growing and evolving out loud. So with all that said, let's get into the episode. (laughs) 
Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the Inner Work Conversation, a podcast with leaders like you in mind. I'm Nikki Cross, owner of Thrive Life and Business, and in today's episode, I'm joined by a very special guest. Leanne Creasy is also a leadership coach with an impressively diverse background and an even more impressive and interesting story to tell. Today, Leanne shared with us her journey with challenging the norms in the workplace around inclusion and diversity. She also shares her inner work that she had to do to challenge these norms in an effective way. And lastly, she shares with us her top tips around managing the new norm and ways of working as a leader to strike that work-life harmony. And of course, we are diving into all things inner work with the objective of helping you to feel empowered and reassured that you are totally not alone. Before we get stuck in, I want to thank you all so much for feeding back after the previous couple of episodes on the type of content that will be most useful to you right now. Interestingly, it's very much in alignment with the work that we're doing inside Thrive Together, which is my group membership. So if these episodes are resonating with you, I want to extend the invitation for you to join us over there and gain even more support. You can head over to tlb.org.uk forward slash tt checkout or click the link in the show notes but without further ado let's dive straight in leanne welcome to the inner work conversation so great to have you here hi yeah i'm really excited to be here we're going to jump straight in just give us a little bit of an understanding of your background and your journey so far yeah, so my name's Leanne Creasy. I spent about six or seven years building startups, so London-based startups um, in the property sector. And then a couple of years ago, I decided to retrain as a coach and take all my management skills and skills of building teams and growing them in a really fast-paced environment and, and turn that into my passion, which is really helping leaders and managers to become the best versions of themselves so that people can have really happy and fulfilling work lives. So in terms of people that you support and a harmonious work-life balance, you must deal with a lot of leaders who aren't in harmony there. Tell me a little bit more about that. Definitely. Work in general is really hard. And I think that's something that has actually been really challenging for me in my career is kind of getting over the fact that this isn't easy. It's not easy, especially for women, you know, especially for people of colour. Like work wasn't necessarily built to support people. Um, It was built to get a job done. And I think it's time now for things to change. And that really means, you know, for some people feeling it a bit, feeling like the difficulty um, of trying to balance working and also having a life and and what that means. And Mm. I think especially over the last kind of year or so where we've all moved to working from home environments, that has become even more difficult so yeah it's been a it's been a really tough job to be a leadership coach over this time because people are feeling more and more despondent than Mm. ever about the reality of actually being able to have any type of of work-life balance but I really believe that you can find maybe not balance but you use that great word of like harmonious you can you can be at peace (laughs) I think with the fact that work can be really tough and you can find meaning and, and purpose and joy in it even if sometimes that balance isn't really you know easy to find 
I know we've jumped straight in here, but you must, similar to me, obviously you work with many different leaders. And what I find when I'm doing the work that I do is you you see trends, you spot trends, you see things that obviously everyone's got their own individual struggles and their own individual challenges. But one of the things, one of the reasons that I created the inner work conversation is to make sure that leaders didn't feel on their own with the challenges that they have. And it always makes me light up a little bit when I receive messages off people who listen to the podcast and say, thank you so much for sharing that. Or thank you so much for doing that interview with that person. I thought it was just me. So I'm really keen for you to share. What are you noticing? You know, you say about over the last year, there's been a a real shift. What are the trends that you're spotting that you're seeing a lot of different people struggling with a similar thing? Yeah, well, first, I think that's a really, really important and important point that we're all sharing in this. And I think it's a really noble goal, actually, to bring that sense of community, because that's really what I'm all about. And one of the things that I really hope to teach people in my leadership coaching and also the training that I do for the leaders is that most people are out there trying to do a good job. And that actually sometimes it can feel like in a stressful environment and at work that people are out there trying to make our lives difficult. Mm. I mean, I think we can all relate to that, right? We can think, why is this person behaving in this way? Like they're just trying to make my life difficult. And actually that's one thing I'm, I'm always trying to get across that actually that person probably has very similar challenges to you. So I think that's brilliant. And that's something that you're trying to do with the podcast as well. And I think it's definitely working. In terms of the challenges that I've seen, I see at the moment a lot of disconnection disguised potentially as other things. Mm. So I see people feeling really isolated or maybe feeling like they're struggling to communicate with people in their team. I work with mostly um, mid to senior line managers and they're sometimes feeling like their team are acting and behaving in ways that they haven't really seen before. Like they just can't get aligned or they're noticing that, you know, pressure is coming down from above and actually they're not really understanding why, why are we doing these things? And it's causing frustration. You know, they're working really, really hard, but they don't seem to be fulfilling what their manager is looking for. And actually, I think that is very much about disconnection. When we lose that ability to communicate properly with each other and we lose that sense of connection, we start to present each other for yeah. little things that we're doing. So that's probably the biggest thing I've seen this year. And I've also seen people struggle with imposter syndrome a lot. And I know that's become a bit of a buzzword, but I actually think what imposter syndrome comes down to is knowing and understanding your value. And I think people's value has really come into question. They've started to wonder, am I valuable to this business in this kind of economic crisis? And it's my job really to help people remind themselves of what their value is in that. You're right. The way I see it in different words, I suppose to you, but is very, very much the same, which is it's just self-doubt. It's just self-doubt. And I love what you've said there about you questioning your own value. I, I see that leaders are having to do new things. So it's like they're having to do the same job in that they're having to align their team with the overarching goals and get people to you know perform and motivate them and or or help them find the motivation in themselves all of that stuff but the way in which they do those things is different because for a lot of businesses 
their teams are now working remotely and they're not used to that. That's a new thing for them. So this is a completely different skill set. Are you noticing that some leaders are potentially feeling a little bit de-skilled in this time? I think what's coming up is a question around credibility a lot of the time where culture is changing really, really rapidly. We can start to, as you said, have doubts around how credible we are to actually be in the position that we're in. And it's something that is actually a really good thing. Um, That's sometimes the difficulty around imposter syndrome is that questioning whether you are credible to be in that role is a good thing inherently. It's a good thing that you're thinking about, is there someone more suitable to for this job? And what were the reasons that they didn't get it? And there could be lots of reasons for that. So in some ways it's really great, but in other ways it kind of stops us in our tracks and it stops leaders from moving forward with the things that they want to do and trying them out. And I think you mentioned there around kind of this growth mindset. And that's what I think is the real, you know, it's, it's the cure. It's the thing that is going to allow imposter syndrome to do the good things that it needs to do to question you know did I put that right person in that right job and did I have any biases but also allows us to think I can try new things all the time and I can fail but I can still be good at what I do and I can still be credible so yeah I'm definitely seeing a lot of leaders more questioning now which is a good thing but then also struggling with that that doubt side of it yeah it's a real skill to be able to assess your flaws and assess where your gaps are without attaching your self-worth to it. Yeah, and actually, so interesting that you're saying and talking about this as a skill, because the thing that I try to teach in our first session, um, with my first session with all my clients, I'm giving away here what I would do (laughs) in that first session. But actually, honestly, I encourage everyone to go away and do this is to think about one to 10, how good you are at reflecting. What is your reflection practice and what does that look like? And I know, again, that's become a bit of a fuzzy word, especially if you spend a lot of time in kind of self-development books or self-help stuff or Instagram kind of self-help culture. That idea of reflection has become a bit of a mantra that you maybe might feel a little bit disconnected with. But actually, it is the foundation of self-awareness. And that is what will help any leader to really understand and upskill themselves. You cannot upskill without the skill of reflecting and thinking, actually, what do I need to work on here? Um, So that's that's always the first thing that I that I teach. And I say wherever you're at on that scale of one to ten in terms of reflection, you know, one being I've barely thought about what I'm good at and what I'm not, and ten being, you know, I'm journaling morning, noon and night on my strengths and the day how can you just go up one you know Mm -hmm. if you're at six what what is that seven and trying to help people just increase their reflection a little bit because it is so so helpful for your self-development yeah yeah and resilience it's so helpful for your resilience building as well for you to be able to say do you know what I've never been confident when I'm conducting a team meeting I've never been confident standing in front of my team and motivating them and rallying them up because let's be honest we all have our own skills and we all have our own things that we know that's my safe place I'm really good at that thing I've had a lot of feedback from my community to say I am not as senior as a business owner and it's like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. hang on a lot of the business owners that I work with they're only business owners because their business demanded them to grow a team that's all They've never actually led people before. So a lot of the time there's this misconception of 
because someone's got a certain title, they're really good at doing all of the things that go with that title. But when that person, when that leader can actually look at the things that they're not as confident with and assess how they can improve, it's such a resilience builder. And a lot of people will say, you know, I really just want more confidence. I just want to feel more confident. Well, in order to feel more confident, you've got to build resilience. That's the only way, right? Obviously, we talked a little bit about where you see leaders struggling and where you see how you see them dealing with the times that we're in right now and and all of that stuff. What about you? Because I know for me, as a leadership and mindset coach, and someone who delivers training and workshops and all the rest of it, it's not an easy ride, right? We have our own challenges and our own stumbling blocks. And you've had a really diverse journey in terms of where you've come from and the industries that you've worked in. So what have you found challenging in your journey? Yeah, it's a great question. I think for me, and I actually see this amongst a lot of people that I work with now, which is really, really soothing to me, actually. I found it really, really difficult to go into the workplace as a young woman and not really feel like I was being heard. I found that extremely challenging. And, you know, if people follow me on Instagram um, and even probably from the first part of this podcast, you can tell that I don't shy away from saying what I think. And I went from a kind of home and school environment that really encouraged that to sometimes workplaces where saying what you think all the time and trying to shout your opinion really didn't go down that well. So I think for me, one of my biggest challenges was really overcoming frustration over not feeling that I was being heard mm. and, and not really understanding these levels. You said something then around um, business owners and people kind of believing, you know, business owners have all those skills. They're more senior than me. Therefore, they should have a greater voice or, you know, they know what to do. I never felt like, like that. I always walked into a business thinking, I own my opinion. I know what I think and I can bring value. And actually it was kind of the opposite of imposter syndrome. Like I really believe that I got the job because I should be there. And then when people weren't listening to me and they sometimes were, you know, not taking on board my feedback, I found it really, really frustrating. And actually this is one of the reasons that I moved into leadership coaching because I wanted to help people understand that that isn't about you. You're not the difficult one. You're not the one that needs to be more palatable. Actually, work wasn't really created for young women. (laughs) And there's a lot of structures there that try and hold together a system that doesn't really value, you know, young women's voices. So it was really important for me, that step and that recognition of, okay, actually, this isn't about me being a difficult person. This is about the system and the structure. And if I can help people to see that and feel that actually it's okay to speak up, then I've, I've done a good job. If you don't mind me asking, if you can remember them, I'd love to hear some of the ways that that played out. What was said? What situations did you find yourself in? I know that you've given us a bit of an overview of, I had a voice and it was not okay to have a voice. But what I find in those situations is, because they're not shared very often, we think it's just us who's had that experience. Could you give us a few examples of how that played out? Yeah, definitely. So, for example, I still have a really strong passion for inclusivity and diversity, and I wanted to change things. I wanted to make sure that even though I wasn't necessarily in recruitment, that recruitment policies were really set up and and enabled so that we could 
hire from a diverse range of, of people. And that once those people actually came to the business, that their voice was heard. So um, I used to put up a lot of challenges around actually the, the process of recruitment. And in startups, there's a specific type of recruitment called top braiding, which is really, really popular. And actually top braiding can be really useful in getting what they call in top braiding A players. So it is a useful recruitment tool in getting really amazing stuff. But when it was written, diversity and inclusion wasn't necessarily at the forefront of, of priorities. And there are some parts of that process, if not done correctly, or if you are not thinking about your biases, where you can be very biased and you can bring in unconscious bias to the recruitment process. And for me, that that wasn't right. And I started speaking up about that a lot. And the way that I was approaching it probably were, wasn't the best way to influence and persuade people around to my opinion. But after that, I used to go home every night thinking, why can't these people see this? Why can't they understand that this is like total wrong way of doing things? We need to improve diversity within our business. And I, I used to go home and fight this good fight really solo, really on my own, getting super frustrated about the fact that I couldn't influence other people. And it was only when I was able to be more flexible, to actually listen, learn to listen and understand other people's views, even if I didn't agree with them, that I think I was able to overcome that sense of frustration because actually it didn't change anything. The frustration just kept us in this stasis of like agreeing to disagree, which wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to really change things. So that's one example. I'm sure there are plenty of HR people that I've worked with that would say that Leanne has lodged so many complaints <laughs> about the way things are done um, that it's like record breaking. But I think that's okay because it always came from a spirit of wanting to make things better for everyone. Um, you know, something that I'm really passionate about is different learning styles. Neurodiversity is something that really isn't thought about much in the workplace and I know there are some incredible HR teams that are thinking about these things but you know people that are neurotypical come to work and things are set up for them to work effectively but people that are you know that have neurodiversity actually sometimes find things like being on the computer all day etc being in an office all day to be really difficult to do so I was also really a champion of those kind of issues always or I tried to be and sometimes that got me the label of being a difficult person and it was so difficult for me to be able to strip that from my identity and say actually I'm not a difficult person I'm just passionate about things that help make the workplace equal for everyone. It's such a deep topic and I can only imagine some of the friction that you came up against <laughs> in, in, that, in that journey. So, of course, what I'm really interested in is talking about, obviously, you've been through that and you've really found what's important to you in the journey that you've been on. You've really found and not held back in any way to go, actually, these things are the things that matter to me. In the jobs that you've had, whether it's been in the leadership coach position that you're in now or in any capacity, it can often get quite heavy, I think, in supporting others and supporting whether that's HR teams, whether that's leaders. There's definite boundaries that you need to draw around your own energy, I suppose. Yeah. Are there any non-negotiables for you in terms of habits or routines that you think other people would benefit from hearing about and what would they be? 
yeah, I definitely think, especially in this age of working from home, it's really, really important to remember that you can take a break whenever you want to, and you can leave your house whenever you want to, and no one's looking through the camera at you and wondering what you're doing or where you are. And even if they are, and if you have to work in an office, for example, it's absolutely okay to say, I'm going to take a break now. And I know it sounds so simple and so small, but a lot of us really struggle with that. And I think if you're someone that your work ethic is part of your identity, and I think a lot of us, a lot of people I meet would say that it is because of the way that they've been brought up, actually good work ethic, not being lazy, that's really part of your identity. Then actually proving to other people that you have a good work ethic is so important. So actually it might not be that your company is watching you all the time through the <laughs> camera or that you know your manager's watching you go to the toilet and thinking, God, they're taking a long time. Actually, it, it's sometimes you, it's you putting that on yourself. If they can't see me doing this, then I'm not fulfilling this part of my identity. And that's been the, the kind of key habit for me is reminding myself that in order to do the work that I do and show up, I've got to be able to listen to myself and know that actually a 45 minute break, an hour break right now, watching something on Netflix is what's going to make me able to do that job really well. And that that doesn't make me lazy. And it doesn't mean that someone else is going to think I'm lazy. Yeah. And you don't have to go and tell everyone that you've done it either. But you yeah. can just go and do it. You don't have to post on Instagram or post on Slack or Teams saying, by the way, I actually really need 45 minutes right now. Just go and do it. Um, it will, you'll be all the better for it and remind yourself that it's totally fine to do that oh gosh yeah it's not surprising to hear you say that one of the things that you see in a lot of leaders is am I living up to an identity that is safe that is approved of I think it's going to be really reassuring for people to hear that one of the key things one of the key non-negotiables for you would be taking a break yeah sharing that I really think there's a piece around you know removing that judgment from other people as well like how many times have we caught ourselves as people that really prize our own work ethic we're being really honest with ourselves noticing that you know so and so went to the doctor and actually was gone until 11 o'clock and we thought to ourselves all oh, right 11 o'clock okay I see how it is coming in the early afternoon I've, I've caught myself doing that even if it's not saying it to them but internally you know thinking someone's putting in like downtime in their calendar and thinking oh really like you're just going to take downtime at you know 12 o'clock yeah. actually you know be really conscious of those judgments because how you judge others is how you judge yourself yeah. and that will stop you from taking those breaks yeah. um, and they're so needed yeah and that's that loops all the way back to what we were saying about you know leaders in this time having to learn how to manage remotely I was really lucky in my last job which was um for a company called recruitment juice and the owner, Matt, when I joined the business, he was really, really clear with us all that everyone in this business works from home and you all have your outcomes to meet. You all have the measures that you are responsible for. And I really don't care how you do that. I just care that you are contributing and that you are happy. And what was really interesting for me, I've never been, if you like, managed like that before. And I think the true measure of a leader who really means it when they say those words is on every single phone call, the two key things that we always discussed were, are you happy? How are you? And where are you with your performance? That's it. That's all we used to discuss. And because it was so focused around where are you at and where is your, you know, where is your performance at? The rest of it is just noise. You know, whether you've been to the doctors for two hours you know actually 
during the time that I worked for Recruitment Juice, I was undergoing fertility treatments. I was, you know, we was, that's a whole different story, but we were still, you know, on that journey. And that's a really tough thing for an employee to share. It's a really vulnerable thing. And I never had to. I never had to justify where I was. I never had to share why I was having a hospital appointment, why I was having a an operation. What you've just said there, the key, the key message, I think, is how you are judging others is how you're judging yourself. It takes for a leader to have done their own work around their identity, around their work ethic and as what they deem as success in order for them to lead a team where it's safe for other people to do the same. I'm so pleased you shared that. Thank you, Leanne. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. And I think, you know, you just said about your own journey. Actually, we all have lives. Every single person has life. And if someone if someone has come into work and you're not seeing what's below, you know, what, what that life is, and it shouldn't be below, actually, it should be in the forefront. That would start ringing alarm bells for me as a leader, and it should be not specifically what it is that they're going through you know whether they're caring for a parent or you know they're having marital troubles anything that's going on for them, they don't have to share it but if you don't have any visibility over that person's life and you just think they're working it like a machine yeah. I think it's really time to think to yourself actually you know is this person okay and yeah. am I leading them in the right way because if they don't feel comfortable to at least share a bit of their life with you actually you know I don't think we can really call ourselves leaders we might be managing them but are we really leading those people probably not a hundred percent totally agree so in your journey then what has been the most helpful contributor to your personal success so far therapy has been the biggest contributor to my success or at least coaching and therapy I've only had actually uh, a few coaching sessions recently one-offs using an app called Spill which is really really great and workplaces can get it but that's been the biggest contributor for me because actually understanding my own blockers has been the most crucial thing to success and I think of success as a journey really but having someone else whether that's a coach or a therapist to talk to about that is just so fundamental. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a coach. I'm really saying that because I had something to overcome and that was flexibility. I needed to have a more flexible attitude towards work. And when something, I felt passionate about something, I needed to make sure that I was leading in a way or fighting for that thing in a way that was leading other people. Um, and, and I needed to be flexible to do that. And I wouldn't have been able to get there without having a coaching session. Mm. So I would definitely recommend that to anyone that feels like they're stuck. Thank you so much for everything that you shared today. Are you ready to go into a quick round? Yeah. Your favourite quote, Leanne? So my favourite quote is Ruth Bader Ginsburg quote, fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. Oh, yes. That like summarises everything that we've spoken about today. <laughs> I've never, ever heard that quote. I really like just feel that because that's exactly what I was struggling with. My My whole career I was struggling to fight the things that I cared about but in a way that I was not alone I was yeah. not frustrated I was not the difficult one I was someone that was leading other people on that journey um and so yeah that's the perfect quote I think brilliant thank you a resource you're loving is the year compass reflection 2020 2021 so year compass do a kind of yearly reflection you can download it from their website you can fill it out online or you can print it out and it's a really great kind of tool to reflect on the year and think about the year ahead. 
If you could go back to the beginning of your career, what would you tell yourself? I would tell myself that it's not you. It's not just you and that you're, it's not that you're difficult. It's not that you have weird opinions, that actually work is tough and communicating with people is tough and be be strong in your convictions and continue to fight for things that you believe in but know that you're not alone and lastly thriving in life and business to you means helping other people and being able to connect with people in a real way thank you so much Leanne I've just adored talking to you today and we really could geek out for hours and hours about leadership and learning and personal development and I know that people are going to want to find you after they've listened to this episode so could you just tell us where can we go to if we want to hear more of you and what you've got to say Thanks, Nikki. It's been awesome to talk to you. Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Leanne Creasy or you can add me on LinkedIn. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did creating it. And of course, it goes without saying, I'll leave all the links in the show notes to the resources that Leanne shared. And I'll also pop the links to her profile in the show notes too. Before you go, I do have one request. If you're enjoying these episodes, would you consider leaving me a review? Or if you can't do that on the podcast platform that you are listening on, then simply share this episode with another leader who you think would benefit from hearing it too. Thank you so much as always for tuning in and I will see you in the next episode.